there's a lot of things kind of like that you need to be right by the book in order for you to actually go and be successful in my view but in the end what can help you do that it goes back to a very simple thing you need to have passion to what you're doing CEOs often feel stuck in the grind of scaling their business and feel like they're missing out on the best parts of life, like family, friends, or travel. On this podcast, CEOs come to take themselves and their companies to the next level. Let's dive into the millionaire mind with your host, Dallin Schultz. Hey, welcome back to another Millionaire Mind episode where I have some of the most successful business owners sharing what motivates them to get out of bed every morning and how they elevate themselves and their companies to the next level. And look, being a successful entrepreneur is much more than just coming up with a good idea. We've talked about this in the past, but the ability to execute is critical and understanding that you can't do it alone. You have to have a team around you. Our guest today is a serial entrepreneur and has a passion for building innovative products and structuring teams around them to be able to effectively execute on that idea. And on top of all that, he really enjoys mentoring other young entrepreneurs and helping them learn through his extensive experience of creating and scaling businesses. And we have the privilege of getting some insights into his mind today. So special welcome to our guest, Yodam Cohen. Yodam, appreciate you joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. So Yodam and I have been trying to schedule this for months now, so I'm really excited that we had the opportunity to get on. I was actually introduced to Yodam from one of our previous guests, Lee Tan, who just happens to be visiting Yodam today. So it's been an incredible journey and opportunity just having this show and having these conversations with these incredible minds and appreciate you listening in to this episode today and this conversation that Yodam and I are going to have just around business, entrepreneurship, and life. So Yoda, why don't you take a few minutes and just share with our listener a little bit about who you are and, and what you're doing today? Sure. And so currently, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Daisy. Daisy is a tech-driven, customer-centric property management company that manages residential buildings currently in New York, but opening other cities soon. And before that, I co-founded a different company called Wibbits that was in the media space where we transformed text into video, helping publishers and media companies to scale their video production. And my previous company was acquired by Vimeo. And and yeah, these are the two biggest ventures to date. (laughs) That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. And you're in an incredible market for this residential management software. So I know we're going to get into this because any successful entrepreneur sees a problem, realizes that it either needs to be fixed or they can do it better and they capitalize on it. So we'll get into that throughout your journey. But Yodan, let's take it back. And what I found is when I'm interviewing guests on the show, most of them weren't born as an entrepreneur, right? Like they usually had some sort of story journey event that triggered this for them. So let's take it back. When would you say this journey of entrepreneurship really started for you? Yeah, I think for me, again, going really, really back. First of all, I think uh, both of my parents are uh, people that have been always working very hard, coming out of a lot of hardship in their life and being very, very successful in their life. And I think that in general, in our family, I'm, I'm one of four. I think we all have a very similar uh, mindset of dealing with hardships in life and being very resilient 
and pushing forward very strongly, which I kind of like need to wrap it in the family part of it. I think for me, the entrepreneurship, actually, I kind of like need to go back, came more from leadership. I remember myself always being a leader, always believing very strongly in different ideas since being a really small kid up to uh, being part of the scouts and, and then in the army, in the Israeli army, where I was a naval officer and commander of a battleship. All of those journeys was really around leading people. And I love leading people. I, I believe that this is one of my strengths and I enjoy creating. I enjoy seeing something forms, either it's a person that evolves into a different role or a formation of a company and formation of something that didn't exist before. And this is something kind of like that started for me as leading people, but then moved into the creation part, which is really trying to, as entrepreneurs, you really need to imagine the future and really think about the way you believe things should be done and being a very strong leader and persistent with your belief, because no matter which idea you take today, everybody will tell you it's the wrong thing to do, like in the beginning. Yes. Like, you can't find an idea in the beginning when you say, and the people will say, ah, that's amazing. It's always like that. It takes time to mature it and to actually build something that will be sustainable, will make a lot of sense. In the beginning, people will always tell you it's wrong. So I think you need that very strong leadership characteristic in order to be, in my view, an entrepreneur. It's part of it. And I think for me, if I go back, that's how it started. And then started to build some small businesses for myself. I started this small venture of selling chocolate. I did it with my brother. We were basically creating what we call Chocoloco, which was like basically customizing mm -hmm. chocolate to people, bars according to what they want with crazy flavors. We did that. And then I realized it's not really scalable. And then kind of like started um, to join us on my father. We invested in a few startups, trying to go and to understand this world. And from there, kind of like joined this entrepreneurship program called the Zell program at the IDC, where I study um, business. And that's where actually where I learned and started like more methodologically to start Webits. So Webits was my first company and I started right out of school. And we finished the year with a working product and we basically scaled the company from there. That's awesome. Yeah, you said uh, you were mentioning earlier that a lot of entrepreneurs have a, an idea or a vision of the future and what they want to accomplish. And then I've come to the conclusion, all entrepreneurs and business owners have some degree of insanity. It's probably a good thing people can't see what's happening inside our heads because we'd probably be admitted to a some sort of institution for, for help. <laughs> but to your point, like a lot of people are going to tell you that's not right. You shouldn't be doing that. That's not the right next move. And so it's this internal belief that we hold near and dear that we're willing to pursue, even when anybody else is saying, hey, I want to do that or I would do this. And that's what sets entrepreneurs apart. And it sounds I like you gained a Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that it's exactly that, but also your willingness to sacrifice because yes. in the end, you got, you will need to sacrifice a lot in order to make something happen. I do hear some people, I have a great idea. Everybody has great ideas, right? But in order to actually make it a reality, you probably need to sacrifice time. You need to maybe quit your job. You need to actually not sleep a lot. You need to sacrifice family time, a lot of other things that you're doing in order to make it a reality. So you need to be some sort of crazy, as you mentioned, I think, in order to do that. 
100%. And you mentioned uh, a lot of your introduction to entrepreneurship, if you will, came from leadership positions. Now, leadership comes naturally to some people. And I feel like I kind of fall into this boat as well, where I didn't seek leadership opportunities. They kind of presented themselves or I was asked to participate. And so I actually got put onto the idea of, hey, maybe I am a a decent leader or could be a good leader, not because of my own thoughts, but because of what I was experiencing from these invitations. Realistically, people recognizing those strengths of me before I even recognized them in myself. And then I was like, hey, maybe this is something I'm pretty decent. And I was able to build up confidence and realize that that's a good position for me to be in, in most cases. So my question for you, Yodom, is was this leadership positions, these strengths, do you feel like these came to you naturally? Were these just some of your God-given gifts that you felt like you were born with? Or did you have to develop these to open the opportunities and the doors that you participated in? So in my belief, it's kind of like a both, right? So first of all, I, I'm still evolving as a leader. I don't think I'm where I want to be. I think <laughs> I have still a lot to learn and I'm always trying to evolve myself in how I'm leading people uh, by getting constant feedback, by getting advice, the network of advisors that I have. And for me, I think I can always be better as a leader. But I think that if I'm going back, I do think there is something inside of you or some sort of your character that pushes you to it. And I do think everybody can become better leaders, but I think there are some that are meant to be, or that's kind of like their nature. And I think it's similar to kind of like what... The strength are how you grow up, how you see things in general. And so for me, it's kind of a beginning. I remember myself since uh, early childhood, like really standing for myself. Even when everybody was saying one thing, I was always kind of like having my own opinion and kind of like sticking with it. And sometimes it wasn't a great thing to do, but I was still kind of like with my very stubborn. And I see it today, I, folks, I see it in my kids. They got it from somewhere, which I know where from, but kind of like the, I see it and I see the stubbornness and this character that they have that is really strong character and with their own opinion. And I think it's important to have that, but that kind of like, in my view, then evolved more in the army when I was leading people in a very complex situation in a very young age. And then moving from there to entrepreneurship, which I believe had a lot of similarities to the army. Uh, there's a lot of things that kind of like were very similar to a naval ship to a startup. And so I took a lot from that into my business life and then uh, still evolving on that. So I, I want to hear a little bit of some of those connections because that's where your own personal experience can help paint a picture for other people that are listening to this episode. But before you share that with us, you've had a lot of leadership opportunities even before you started business and entrepreneurship. What were... What would you say is one of the things you were mostly known for as a leader? Because leaders have different strengths. So based on the feedback experience that you had as the leader, what were some of those things that you were recognized for? And what were some of your biggest lessons you've learned being in those positions? Um, so I think when people meet me, they feel on the first glance that I'm very harsh as a leader. Like I'm very direct. Harsh. Israelis, Israelis okay. in general are very direct, right? So I'm very direct. <laughs> I'm very to the point. But, but actually, when you get to know me well, you see that I'm very, very sensitive. 
I'm very sensitive to people. I can see people that I work with. I can immediately some, see on them if something is wrong. I can immediately sense the stuff are happening. Like I can see that. And I'm very sensitive to people, which I think in the end goes and enables me, I think, to create and to, to form real connection and to create a culture in the companies that I'm building today that is very people first and really puts people in the center and creates this culture of really caring. Well, actually, one of our core values in Daisy today, which we actually care. And for me, when I started the company, we had four values, and those values were the first, basically, document that I wrote with my co-founder. And I took, basically, the embodiment of him and myself, and that's how we created those values. One of those, as I said, is actually caring. And actually caring is also caring about the customers because we manage people's homes. It's not just property. And the second thing is really caring for people, for our people in the team. And I think that when you really care, first of all, that's, I think, the first trait you need to have as a leader. You should actually care about people and actually care in, in fostering them and helping them evolve and being there for them. And I think if you do that every day, you did almost most of the thing you need to do as a, as a leader, in my view. Um, so, yeah. I love that. And this is something I think a lot of people newer to business or considering a business don't really think about like it's we all have a vehicle we all have a product right that we bring to market one of the most important things i've recognized is the ability to let the people know that you care about them now it's not just the people that work with you in your business it's also the people that you're serving with your product or your service and so not only do you have to exceed meet expectations of the people you're serving, your customer, your client, it's also the people within your organization. And as business owners, that's your job. That's your job to create that culture and that feel around that product or service. And that's a big thing that sets a lot of people apart. It's not so much the product, it's more so the experience that people have when using your product. I couldn't agree more. And I think that as business leaders, a CEO and entrepreneurs, I don't feel if you kind of like one thing that I always highlight is that I don't think people see the connection between the culture you're creating to the business. It's kind of like business is business, sales, product, features, whatever I'm building, but there is a strong connection for the success of your business from the culture you're creating and the people that you bring on board. And if you're bringing amazing people on board and you're creating this amazing culture of people that can enable them to create and to build and to make mistakes and the culture that you believe you want to have in your company, then the success of the company, like there is a correlation between that and the success. And I think that sometimes as leader, people are missing out and you just think, okay, I need to close the deals or it's very functional, but it's actually more than that. And because if you think about a small team, starting a company, you have two people, two founders, then you add three more people. Those three people and the environment you're creating with those three people, the, the impact it will have because each one of those holds 20% of the impact that you can make currently in the company, right? And the success. So who you bring on, how do you create, how do you foster them? How do you enable them to do things? And it's critical in my view to the success of a company. What would you say in your experience has been one of your most effective ways in connecting with people and developing them? I think that one is really uh, thinking really strongly with the person that you lead 
what are the areas where you can help them grow? Right. So we have this implemented in our current company and I implemented in my previous company that every leader, every manager needs to have one thing. Constantly, they are working with each person that they manage. We call it grow, the grow model, where you actually help that person evolving. And sometimes we kind of like look at feedback as like, you know, feedback, these are the goods, these are the bads. But in the end, there is one thing that you really want to help them. And if you have this discussion with that employee and you say, okay, this is great, this is, this is amazing. But if you go here, I think it, this is the place for you to jump to your next level, but also to impact on the company. It's not just like on that person, it's that connection between the company and their ability to grow and what they actually need to strengthen themselves in. And then as a leader, as a manager, you think with them, what are the actions you're able to do in order to help that person? It might be connecting them to a different person in a different team. It might be recommending a book for them to read. It might be connecting them to an advisor or, or having a course or whatever it is. But you actually are really paying attention to the persona and what is their next jump. And I think that can go a long way and it makes it a bit more tactical in how you can help people scale and grow. I believe at the core of it, we as people, we as humans, we want to be heard. We want to be recognized. We want to be seen. We want to feel important. We want to feel included. And so when you as a business owner take this individualistic approach to really get to know each employee and develop them, help them grow... I can't imagine how that makes them feel as an individual. And yeah, have you had have you had any unique experiences around this I, that come to the the front of your mind that you'd be open to sharing? Yeah, I, I think in general I believe in people. Well, again, when we talked about our core values. One, a second core value is is uh, we always evolve. Uh, we believe that the company should always evolve. The teams should always evolve. The buildings should evolve all the time, but more importantly, people should evolve. Every person can evolve. They can grow. Some in a faster rate, some in a less slower rate, but everybody can evolve. And I believe in that. I believe that people can change. And I know it sounds like sometimes it's kind of a sign obvious, but I don't think that as leaders, we actually, most leaders actually think like that. They kind of like see that performing and not performing, not performing. Okay. Performance plan and out or, or performing and, and great. But if you really, really believe that people can change, either on their cultural side or the professional element, then you would really care and really try to work with them on their evolving. And I think that this is something that I learned a lot. Not everybody are able to make that jump. It depends on them in the end, right? On the effort they need to do. But I've seen numerous cases, both in my previous company and in this company, of people that were there they wanted to evolve, they had the motivation, they were able to go outside of their comfort zone, and they were able to go with the company. If you take Daisy, for, for example, this company, we started it less than four years ago. But the company basically is, is like five different companies since we started. We grew so fast that the company evolved completely. We were starting five people to 70 we are today. It's like, these are completely different companies. And we still have a lot of people that were there with us from the beginning that were able to evolve. They grew and they got more responsibility and more ownership and they are now leading teams. But if they weren't able to make those jumps, they wouldn't be with us today. Because from our point of view, if we see a person that is willing to go outside of their comfort zone and evolve, we are there with them 
And we have people that started as support managers. Now they're director of support and they're basically leading a team of, of eight people, right? <laughs> and they were just doing the support in the beginning. And that's amazing for me because the more we're able to do that, in my view, it's better for the company and it's better for them as well. One thing you mentioned that I think is really important to recognize here and to reiterate, you started less than four years ago and you said you've Daisy's basically evolved four different times. It's almost four different companies in a sense, right? Like, sure, you have the same product, the same service, but as you grow, as you scale, there's new roles, new positions, new systems, new processes, new procedures. Like, there's each phase of your business growth is probably feeling like you're starting a new business all over again and always trying to uh, problem solve and, and solve challenges. But I think that's what draws us to business as entrepreneurs, because we like the challenge. It's like, okay, this is the challenge we have today. And we know once we solve it or get through it, it doesn't mean it's easy riding the rest yeah. of the way. We know there's going to be another one coming. And that's what drives us. That's what pushes us. We're not creating businesses to retire. The idea of retirement isn't really in our vocabulary anymore, right? Because we feel energized by creating, by developing. And you look at some of the most successful, the most wealthy people that have made the most impact, they don't retire. They don't yeah. sit on their, their <laughs> sit on the beach drinking their drinks, right? Just like, oh, that, you know, that was a good run. Like yeah. that's not the case with business owners and entrepreneurs. So if you're listening to this and that's the reason you want to get into business, you're in the right spot. Because you will transform, your mind will transform as you hear and listen to some of our incredible guests. So, yeah, and I'll just add on that point. That in my view, it's always being like a student of life, right? I'm, I'm learning. I don't know it all. I still learn. And I think having that humility and understanding that you always need to evolve, always need to learn, always need to develop yourself. There is no, as you said, this retirement or a moment where you're like, okay, I know, I know. No, you're always pushing yourself to be better. You're pushing yourself to be outside of your comfort zone constantly. And that's where you evolve and change and grow. And I think it's also our ability to operate in a lot of uncertainty, right? And being an entrepreneur, there is so much uncertainty in everything that is happening, uh, to, specifically with the last year and then financial crisis, COVID, so many changes that are, have been happening. And there's so much uncertainty always and your ability to push forward while you still have that unclarity of what will happen tomorrow, what will happen a month from now, but constantly pushing forward, I think is an important trait as an entrepreneur. So what you just shared has come up a lot on our interviews, just that that resilience to be able to push through. Now, listen, I'm going to admit, okay, I was ignorant at the time. I was younger. I wasn't involved in business. I fell into this mindset and I looked at successful business owners and in a way kind of resented them because I thought that they were just gifted. They had the opportunity just handed to them. Um, they're super confident. They know everything that they're doing every step of the way. They know it all, right? This was kind of the idea that I had of successful business owners, kind of love them or hate them. Okay. This is for whatever reason, the first name that came to mind, Donald Trump. Okay. That old show he used to have, <laughs> I forgot what it was called, but he's like, you're fired. So that's, in my mind, who I saw successful business owners to be, like that was the mold. And as I got into the space, and especially connecting with more people on the show, I realized, like, yes, there's some people that fit that mold, yeah. but the majority of them are like you and I, and we admit 
that we don't know at all. And we're trying to figure it out every single day. And we look to our peers, we look to other business owners for help, for support. So for somebody that might be newer to the space and have that misled interpretation of what a successful business owner looks like, what advice could you share with them to help them, I guess, transition that mindset a little bit? I think in the end, as I said, you need to be able to walk in uncertainty. You need to be resilient. You need to have humility and evolve and learn all the time. You need to walk hard. You need to be willing to, to sacrifice a lot. Um, so there's a lot of things kind of like that you need to be right by the book of in order for you to actually grow and be successful in my, in my view. But I think that in the end, what can help you do that, it goes back to a very simple thing. You need to have passion to what you're doing, because if you don't have passion, mm -hmm. if you're just doing it for the money, if you're just doing it for something that is not part of your core, then everything that I said before would be very hard for you to do. When you are excited about something, when you love, and it doesn't matter if you open a, a pizzeria or you start a tech company or you, I don't know, build a rocket that goes to Mars, right? It, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what you do in what scale. I think you need to have passion for it. And if you don't really have the passion, if you don't know where the passion is coming from, then I think it will be very hard for you to sacrifice. It will be very hard for you to stay until 2 a.m., 3 a.m. to finish that one thing because you want to finish it today and not tomorrow or to wake up early or to when everything is not working to still push through and break the next wall that you'll have because you're going to have a lot of walls to break in the process. You need to have that passion. And I think that if I would start somewhere, I would start there. So what is your passion? Why do you want to start a business? What, why do you want to start this business? What's the reasoning behind it? If you know that, then every day you would think about it and it will make you, in my view, more successful. I agree with you. And I align my mindset, my view aligns with what you just shared. It's interesting you brought this up because just a few days ago, I was scrolling through social media and, and there's a, a, a coach that I follow and his post, he said, you don't like passion is not required for business. And I've seen both sides of this, right? And, and I, 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 I had to put in my two cents because I, I didn't agree with him. And I don't know that passion is necessarily... I think the point he was trying to make is that it wasn't required to get started. And it's something that you can develop as you get started. I think that's the point he was trying to make. I shared my thoughts on that. But I hear both sides of this in business. People say, chase your passion. And other people are like, that's a load of crap. Like you can have a passion for being an artist, but if it doesn't make you money, why are you doing it? Right. So, yeah, I think there is like, I don't remember where I saw it, but there is this correlation between passion, something on a topic, correlation with your capabilities and ability to make money out of that. I think if you find the circle that is in the center of all those three, then this is probably a valuable thing to work on and to invest in. When I meant passion is like, it doesn't have to be for the topic that you're working on. And again, sometimes the confidence evolves as you start to build the process, as you start to put the puzzles together. In the beginning, you have this something that is very vague, but as you can see that the market is interesting, there is actual problem. You find those puzzle pieces and you start to see this entire picture. Yes, your confidence level in what you're doing is going up, which maybe that was what the culture was kind of like referring to. 
for me, I'm going back to something that is a bit deeper in terms of my passion is, as I said, in creating and leading people. Like my passion is I love to see something that was just an idea on, on the notebook and then seeing it actually in real life. I love, I enjoy leading people. I enjoy waking up in the morning. Some people see it as something they don't want to do in life. They're <laughs> not passionate about it. That's my passion now. Because if your passion is not leading people, then maybe you do have a passion to create. Maybe the type of business you'll create will look completely different. It might be super successful, but it might be an operation of three people that is building something super scalable. I do love leading people. I believe in that. I believe that something that I enjoy and something that I'm good at, that I think can help me scale the impact that I'm making on people's lives. So that's what I mean, but something inherently inside of you that kind of like pushes you to start a business. Why are you going there? Why are you going into starting a business? What's inside you kind of like moves you on your chair and, and kind of like tells you, I got to do this. That's yeah. Kind of like what I mean. And I think that passion can really give you that extra boost of energy you need to do the things that you don't want to do. And yes, a big part of that is discipline. And there's just, you got to make sacrifice. That's part of being a business owner. But what I found is that passion sometimes is that little extra fuel to push me to take that next step. And you mentioned this very briefly, and I'm glad you brought this up because you're the only other person that I've heard talk about this in regards to this concept of passion. You talked about these three circles and I got put onto this actually not too long ago. And I can't remember who was talking about it, but they referred to it as a success nexus. And so what they had, they posed three questions. And so if you're listening to this, visualize three intersecting circles, like a Venn diagram, right? And on one circle above it, pose the question, what are you good at? And then write all the things that you're good at. You don't need to be passionate about it. Just what are you good at, right? On a second circle, right? What do people want? What are you good at? What do people want? On that third one, write the question, what are you passionate about? And that area, that small area where all these three circles intersect, that is your success nexus. And I like this approach in regards to involving passion, what you're good at, identifying what people want, because it's more three-dimensional, if you will. It's not just taking one idea and saying, you don't need to be passionate or you need to be passionate. It's like, okay, that's an aspect to it. How do you bring in a more holistic approach? How do you bring in a more well-rounded approach? So I love that you brought that up. And in fact, this is something I was going to do a little video on and just share on my social media because that's how impactful it, it was to me. And I think it can help others. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then, Yodam, I want to get in earlier. You teased us a little bit saying a lot of these lessons you've learned in the military, <laughs> you know, commanding a battleship have integrated or you've seen the relation between business. So I definitely want to get into that. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back to discuss that. Hey, Dallin Schultz here with Rev Equity Group. We just launched an exciting new investment opportunity for those looking to diversify their investments across a thousand plus apartment units in some of the hottest markets in the country. If you are fed up with banks and the stock market and want to invest in hard assets to more effectively grow and preserve your wealth, then click on the link in the show notes for more info or go to investwithrev.com and schedule a short 15 minute intro call so we could determine if our investment strategy is aligned with your goals. It's time to take your financial future into your own hands. Take action, schedule a call, and find out how my team can serve you. At Rev, we make apartment investing easy. 
All right. Welcome back to the Millionaire Mind. So, Yodom, share with us, you saw a lot of correlation between your military experience and to how you're growing and scaling your businesses successfully today. So invite our listener into that mindset a little bit and some of those experiences you learned. Yeah. So I think, again, I served in the Navy. So really being in a one small ship where we have a small uh, crew. And I think for my view, a few characteristics that are very similar is really, first and foremost, is uh, teamwork and your ability as a leader on one hand to give directions, but also be part of the team. It's kind of like this weird moment where you're shoulder to shoulder in some cases, and in other cases, you are the one making the decisions. And I think that ability to have that balance and then to create and to form that teamwork, to form that pride, to form that motivation and momentum in the team is something that is very, very similar to startups. But it's similar also in the way that it's doing it in a very complex and a lot of uncertainty that is happening. And I think having that ability to still gather everyone towards a goal and move to that goal while not always knowing how it's going to look like or having it with not 100% assurance is something that I think I took a lot from the army. And I think that I say it a lot to the team today as well that I lead is that a lot of the decisions you need to make, especially in a startup and in business with 60% assurance, 70% assurance, not 100%, you don't really know. But I think your ability as a leader to make those decisions and make those calls is crucial for the success of a business, to focus the team and to actually say, we're going here. If I'm 100% sure, no, I am 70% sure. But still, we need to move forward. We need to start creating momentum. And in a startup, in my view, momentum is very crucial for the success. You've got to move from one stage to another constantly. And if you try to do too many things because you're not sure, then usually you will fail because startup, by definition, you are on low resources and you gather everyone into one vector. And if you try to do too many things, then by definition, you will fail because you can't really move to the next phase. So I think that's one thing that I took a lot from there that kind of guided me and helped me kind of like starting my first uh, businesses. Of course, Army in general is like very organized and methodological around things. And I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, especially Israeli ones, are we are very like quick and dirty. We're going to do those things. But I think that in the end, I'm a strong believer in methodology and organization. I think it just helps you to be more efficient with your time, to be more efficient with, with how you operate things. Um, so I think it's something that I took a lot from there as well. And I think in general, like not being a, in a very young age, you join and you get a lot of responsibility. And I think this notion of you can do much more than what you think is something I took a lot. And I think in, in entrepreneurship and starting a business, you're going to have so many challenges along the way. And your ability in the end by brute force, just push it through and move it to the next stage is crucial in my view. There are these moments where it's like everything is collapsing. This person left and it was a crucial part of your team. You didn't get the investment. You actually thought you were going to close. There is a, it's like everything is collapsing. Your ability to say, okay, got this. Just run forward and just continue to push and, and take the entire company behind you. And I had numerous moments like that where I just said, okay, let's go. Just go. 
and everybody followed and you actually went to the next stage. I think this is something that I learned a lot then that I can do much more than what I believe. And that is our resilience as human beings is it's not tapped into enough. And, and I don't think we recognize it enough. And the plan will never go as planned, period. Like expect the unexpected when you're in business, when you're in life, right? Like this isn't just a business principle. This is a life principle. Expect the unexpected. And the more you're willing to have that courage and confidence to just go, even when you only know 60, 70% assurance, right? When you have that confidence, when you have that courage to really push, you realize I'm capable of way more than what my mind is telling me I am. And it's our minds that are limiting us. And the, the one of the best ways to overcome that, what I found in my experience is just take action. You're going to yeah. come up in forks in the road, right? And sometimes there's going to be two directions you can go, either left or right. Sometimes there's going to be six directions you could go. <laughs> and you got to pick one. And maybe that's not the right direction. But as you act and you start moving down that path, you'll recognize, you'll know that, hey, I think this is actually more of a distraction and it's not really benefiting us. So then you take a step back and you try the next one. And that's just part of life. That's just part of business. And you can, we're very resourceful. We don't give ourselves enough credit in tapping into our networks and that internal inspiration and drive that I think is given to all of us. And you mentioned something a few minutes ago about momentum, especially in a startup, carrying that momentum to get into that next stage. That can be hard when you have limited resources. So in your experience, Yodom, what have been some of your strategic ways to maintain that momentum to move the business along? Yeah, I think that for me, you got to be optimistic. <laughs> I think as a business owner, you got to be an optimistic person, but not optim optimist to the level that you are disconnected from reality, right? So it's everything in, in being an entrepreneur, I think, is like this balance between, you know, able to tell a story to sell a story but not to lie right it's always like this balance between everything that you're doing so for me it's really being optimistic and trying to always look at the positive parts of things what again we've been talking about the core value so i'll use that again our third core value in the company today is positivity begets positivity uh, i believe that posit being positive has a network effect and if you are really positive person then People will be positive and it creates a momentum. And I think if I'm coming in the morning to the office, it, smiling and asking people how they are, I have actually a routine that every time I come to the office, I'm going through the entire office saying good morning to everyone. You see that immediately it creates a different environment for everyone because I'm going there, I'm saying good morning, I'm talking to people, I do it every day. And I think that it, it, it by definition already also makes me more positive because people are smiling and it's like, so you create this momentum in the team uh, with investors, with anyone you're interacting with. And I think that thinking like that is something that I think helped me a lot. The thing that I learned as well with this startup, I would say as well, that embracing more now is that every crisis is an opportunity. Ooh. You just need to find the opportunity. Ooh. Uh, so I'll give you an example. Um, we had the financial crisis with banks basically uh, dissolving. We had the SVB and First Republic. Um, like I said, entrepreneurs, there is a Murphy law when it rains, it falls, right? So we basically 
All the, our money was in SVB, Daisy's money, and all our building were basically managing all their bank account in First Republic Bank. Basically, the two banks that got hit the most. It was like a crazy month for me, right? So first moment was I thought I'm going to lose all our money. Basically, for a full weekend, I didn't know if we have money in the company because it was closed in CDs and, and all. Get, like, who would thought the bank would fall like that? But then I found myself on Twitter trying to understand which bank will fall next because there was like this run on the bank. So I thought, okay, where do I move the money of the buildings from First Republic? Because I didn't want to move to another bank. that would. So it was like a crazy weekend. I didn't know, like crisis, completely crisis. But the good part of it, the opportunity that came out of that enabled us basically to centralize the team and to communicate to our customers constantly, twice, three times a day on what's going on. Uh, we basically created a small squad of four people that were basically handling all of that for all our buildings. So we learned a lot from that also on how we should centralize our team in the future for other stuff that we are doing. All our customers reached out back to us and said, you guys were amazing. You're so proactive. You constantly communicate. So it was bad, but there was an amazing outcome coming out of that. The one building said, we just voted to give you guys a happy hour for the team, for all the work that you have done for us in this financial crisis, taking care of our money, right? It's like the, the, so many good things came out of it in the end. And also how we are running financials, we completely revamped that and built it in a much more flexible and scalable way to mitigate potential risks in the future. So I'm saying that because usually when a crisis happens, you immediately think like, oh my God, like, what do I do? But if you think about it for a second, you say, okay, this, this crisis happens because I don't control everything. What's the opportunity for me? What's the opportunity? What's the positive outcome I can get out of this crisis that will put me or the company in a different place afterwards? To our listener, what Yodam just shared with us in those last few minutes, I'm telling you, if there was one thing that I would attribute the success to business owners to... It is that. It's recognizing that every crisis is an opportunity and they don't use that crisis as an excuse to shut down the business. They use it as an opportunity to really learn. Now, when we hear crisis, we think of something massive, like what Yodom just shared with us, right? All their money in a bank that's shutting down, right? That's a crisis, right? (laughs) But here's the deal. Every day as a business owner, there's going to be micro crises. There's going to be little things, little problems, little challenges that you can overcome, that you can resolve. So I guarantee you, and now you don't correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't want to speak for you, but I can almost guarantee that it was Yodam and his team's ability to correct these micro crises along the way that prepared them to really take on this serious crisis of not knowing if they were going to have any capital. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think exactly. I think it's the mindset we had before with those micro crises or those basically led us to the same thing and handling this massive one. Yeah, 100%. I have a board member, one of our board members as well, is, which I think it just relates to that point is like, you know, every board member doing their job, coming to our board meeting and saying like, okay, what is the plan? Et cetera, et cetera. But he always asks us, what can go right? What can go wrong? What can go right? If you think about it for a second, actually leads you to think about the next year, the next quarter in a very different way. 
Like instead of constantly kind of being in the defense of what's not going to work, what can go really, really well? When you think about it, then it makes you or leads you to do a double down on other areas and to actually imagine the right thing that will happen. I think having that mindset is very helpful. Absolutely. That's playing a little bit more offense because as business owners, you're like, okay, how can we mitigate risk? What can we put into place to make sure we don't lose? But if you're asking your question, what can go right? I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious look, if you made at- this a habit, like how... How much more would things go right than maybe they did previously? If you made that a habit, asking that. A great story is Airbnb. I think if people didn't follow what happened with them on COVID, it's a great example. Like basically their business completely was shut down during COVID, but they managed to reinvent themselves completely during that period. So that was a massive crisis straight on. People not going to any vacation, but they managed to really reinvent themselves in a very tough period and to be in a completely different place going out of it. So I think that's another, and, and other companies that during COVID, their, their entire companies completely had to change. So that's another example, I think, of looking at that. Gosh, Yoda, I just noticed what time it was and we, we just blew through this and uh, gosh, I could, I could keep going, but I uh, <laughs> want to be respectful to both of our schedules. This was incredible. Thank you so much for inviting myself and our listener into your mindset and just your journey and how you approach these things. And gosh, this topic you just brought up about crisis and opportunity, I think we could do a whole nother episode just on that. Alone. I <laughs> so I think that was a great way to wrap up this episode and really give our listener just something to really consider and think about. So listen, when you're faced with a challenge, a trial, a crisis, don't ask why me, why is this happening? Ask what can I learn from this? And you'll be amazed at what lessons and things you'll be able to implement into your business as a business owner. So Yodam, as we wrap this up, there's four questions I like to ask every guest. And the first one being, what is one absolute book recommendation for those looking to scale and further develop their millionaire mind? I think the best book for that is called Play Bigger. I forgot who wrote it, but it's basically about while you're developing a company, how do you're developing a new category while developing your company? And I think it's an amazing way to think much bigger than while you're thinking about your business. And that book is called Play Bigger? Yes. Play Bigger. Awesome. And what has been one of your favorite quotes that you've embodied and lived by? It's actually from the sea, <laughs> which is a world I'm very close to. Uh, the sentence goes, you can change the wind, but you can always adjust your sails. And it's yes. basically really talking about, you know, life is life, but you can modify it. You can change it. So I, I love this. Awesome quote. Appreciate you sharing that. So Yodam, if there was one thing you could share with fellow business owners that are beginning or simply trying to get to that next level, what would it be? If I'm just summarize the, this, we're talking about is really around passion and crisis and opportunity. I'll take that, which I think is something to take out of this. Serious nugget right there, guys. So Yodam, how can our listeners learn more about you and Daisy? Yeah, so our website is joindaisy.com. If you want to see what we're doing, we're actually growing really fast. And if you want to bring Daisy to your building, uh, either in uh, New York or in Miami, if you want to improve the life in your building, you can reach us uh, through there and we can come over and, and improve the life in your building. That's our website. That's my email is like yotam at joindaisy.com. You can find me awesome. on Twitter, LinkedIn. Excellent. Look, this has been an incredible conversation with Yotam. And if this is your first time listening, people have been asking me what my company does. So since I have you here listening to my show, 
I'll share that with you now. My company partners with busy professionals just like Yodam that are looking to experience significant tax savings and have more to invest and even reinvest their hard-earned capital. And we work with other successful business owners like you by offering them opportunities to invest alongside us in large apartment deals. At Rev, we found that most successful business owners have a strong desire to give and serve. And we simply provide the vehicle to enable them to grow and preserve their wealth so they can give of their time and financial success more abundantly and freely. If you've been wanting to get involved in apartment investing, but have been too busy to figure out where or how to start, then you can find out how I could serve you by visiting investwithrev.com and schedule a 15-minute discovery call. A lot of people make the mistake thinking they need millions of dollars to get started investing in real estate, and that's not the case. And you can often get started much, much sooner than you realize. But it can be overwhelming vetting the right investment and the right operator. But at Rev, we make the investment process easy. Yodam, thanks again so much for coming on the show. I'm glad we finally got it scheduled after all these months and you dropped some serious nuggets and I'm excited to go back and listen to this one myself and excited to bring this value to our listeners. So thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And to our listener, remember, you can't have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. So go out there, earn your win for today, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hope you got value from this episode of The Millionaire Mind, a journey into the mindset of successful business owners. If you want to get results, you've got to take the right steps to get there. Dallin hosts a free weekly educational webinar focused on teaching you how to start investing in apartments so you too can experience the benefits of real estate ownership without doing any of the heavy lifting. There you can gain insights, connect with others like you, and ask Dallin all your burning questions about how you can start owning apartments today. Go to themillionairemind.us. That link is in the show notes.